often. Faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzer. Great to be with you today. I'm coming at you from upstate New York. I'm on the road a lot in the fall with Rachel's Challenge, an incredible organization that teaches kindness and compassion to students and teachers and administrators all over the country. So here I am in a hotel all by myself on a Sunday evening recording a podcast. So it gives me some time to get my podcast done, which is nice. Uh, what else is new? Uh, if you saw on social media, I posted the new cover to the upcoming book. I do have a release date for that book. So get out your pens and paper, friends. Bring It Home is the title of the book. And it's all about finding yourself after being lost in religion. And the release date is November 10th, November 10th. So keep your eyes open for that. We're going to release that in all sorts of options. So of course you can get the physical book. We will have it available for Kindle. We also are working on getting the audio book out as well. So November 10th is when Bring It Home comes out. This is, man, I tell you, I'm sure you've heard this from a million different authors, right? But this is like, this is such a passion project in the making. The first time I think I sat down to try to write this book and, and what happened is over the last several years, like I would sit down, write a couple chapters, leave it right. You know, come, I did that just back and forth, back and forth for the last, I think probably 15 years. I bet the first time I sat down and tried to write this out or just start on the project was probably around 15 years ago. And the, the scope and the idea of the project was very much you know, held true. It's actually what it became. So, uh, lots of great stories and, and just lots of hope that you'll find yourself in it somewhere along the way as well. So keep your eyes and ears open for more coming up on that. One other thing I want to let you know about is I just literally a couple days ago put out a seven-day devotional on my website. That's just mattkinzera.com. It's a seven-day devotional called Finding Faith Again, and it's completely free of charge. So just go to the homepage, check it out, and let me know what you think about it. All right? Here's what I'm thinking over the next few weeks for this podcast. Many of us obviously, which is why you're probably listening to this podcast. Many of us have gone through a phase of our faith where we've rethought a lot of things. A lot of us have gone through some significant amounts of hurt, whether that was connected to church or a college ministry or some sort of religious authority figures in our lives. And so a lot of us have, have gone through some hurt in regards to our faith. A lot of times when we go through that hurt, the natural response to it is to kind of hold some spiritual practices at arm's length. And I think some specific areas where, and I can only speak for myself, some specific areas where I've done that, I saw, you know, I used to read the Bible all the time. And then because of some hurt I went to and some rethinking I went through, you know, uh, went for long periods of time where didn't even think about picking up the Bible. Even now, I would say that I don't pick it up all that much. And the second thing I would say is prayer. 
Prayer is one of those things. Again, that was a huge part of my life. And when I went through a lot of the hurt that I went through in life uh, or in, in faith circles and church and ministry circles, prayer was just one of those things that I was, if anything, like I was kind of pissed at God. So the last thing I wanted to do was pray to him. And then the final thing is church. I, I still don't go to church regularly, but there was a long span in there where I just refused it. Like I didn't want anything to do with it. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to do one week on each of those. So we're going to start today talking about the Bible. And then next week, we're going to start talking about prayer. I'm not going to start talking about prayer. We're just going to talk about it. And then the last week, we're going to talk about church. So hang in there with me. Uh, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but let's explore it together. Let me be super clear here. I am not going to propose some sort of new way of understanding the Bible or new way of reading the Bible. That's not my forte. It's not what I'm interested in. My hope is just to give some perspective around this. And the way that I do that is I just share from my own experience. And if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, you know, listen again next week, but you can pause this one. All right. <laughs> so speaking of reading the Bible, okay, this is one of those things. So many people have abused the Bible. So many people have, have just used it for really horrible <laughs> purposes throughout history. I'm not even talking recently, although that's true as well. And I think for me, it was kind of that reason. I'm like, this book seems more evil than good <laughs> because it causes people to do some things that I don't know if they would do if they didn't believe in this book in this way. And so that leads me to kind of my first thought regarding the Bible and, and what I'm, what I'm proposing, you can take me up on it or not. I'm proposing that we just dip our toes back in the water. Okay. I'm not saying jump in cannonball style. I'm just saying, how about if we haven't read the Bible for a while, or if we don't know quite what to do with the Bible, how about we just, just dip that toe in there. Just see how it feels a little bit. Just explore it a little bit. Now, I think the first thing that's really important, and I'll probably bring this up with each of these three podcasts, the first thing is we need to identify what it was that caused us to stop reading the Bible or what it was that caused us to not read the Bible maybe as much as we used to. And I'm guessing it has something to do, if, like if you like all the way quit reading the Bible, if I were to just, just throw out a guess, and statistically speaking, think I got it. I would say that most people who stop reading the Bible stop reading it because somebody in power over them used it inappropriately or somebody tried to use it to prove their point and that point ended up being hurtful in some way, shape or form to you or to other people close to you. So that's my guess as far as how I think a lot of people uh, have gotten to the point where they're not picking up the Bible anymore. I also think there's probably another group of us who probably feel like, man, church and religion, Christianity used to mean so much to me. Uh, there was deep hurts that happened there. And because the Bible is so connected to church and Christianity and because there's so much hurt that happened there, I just don't want anything to do with any of it. So again, that's that's where I would kind of venture a guess as far as this goes. Now, in my own story, I would say exactly that. I said, I mean, I, I've been around a lot of people who have used the, the Bible in what I would deem inappropriate, demeaning, uh, ways that put down other people. 
And I've seen a ton of people use the Bible simply to bolster their own points. And sometimes those points just seemed so asinine that I, I think it just got me to the place where I'm like, wouldn't this world be better if we didn't if we didn't focus on what the Bible said? Because so many people are able to twist that and use it how they want to. So just earlier this week, I was having a, a lovely conversation with my friend Scott Jenkins. You've heard about him a little bit if you listen to this podcast. So Scott is a former priest, and he started an organization called Celtic Way, and I co-host and produce his podcast for that organization. And we were actually having a, to- a conversation on this exact topic and the thing about Scott, he's a beautiful man. And um, sometimes like when you get, I don't know, it's almost like there, it almost feels like there's, there's this inspiration that comes over him because sometimes we're talking and then he's kind of, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And it's almost like he just grabs the conversation and just all of this wisdom in beauty starts pouring out of his mouth. And so that happened this week when I was recording a podcast with him and it's so relevant for this conversation. So I just want you to to hear that before we move on a little bit further here. I have read a few books even recently about how the church can misuse the Bible and literally use it for like, I'm going to defend and fortify my theological position and why we keep certain people out and why the rest of us good folks are in. Or it's used just to, I mean, just to make Christianity all about a journey about getting to heaven, which it's not. It's not that at all. And so I wanted to reclaim some forgotten turf, some things that I think are really important. And I've always said to people, it's difficult for me to be a Christian without figuring out my relationship to the Bible. I mean, like it or not, that's probably where the stories of Jesus are going to come from, you know. And um, and I don't read it like I better bow down before it and do exactly what it says without arguing and having a dialogue. I, I really think the invitation of our scriptures is to see them as what ancient people believed about God. It was important to them. The ancient scriptures were not exactly what God believed about us and everybody else, right? So it's it's a very unique uh, position the scriptures hold in the Christian church. As long as we don't universalize that belief, then I think we're off to a healthy start. I wasn't wrong, right? That was amazing. <laughs> that guy. Oh, I love him so much. So I just some great perspective, right? Some really good perspective when talking about reading the Bible or reading the scriptures. Okay. So earlier I mentioned this idea of identifying what caused you to stop. <laughs> I think the next thing that we need to do in this idea of tipping our, our, our feet, just like dipping our feet back in the water a little bit with this Bible reading thing is that we need to commit to never doing those same things. So if the reason we stopped reading the Bible was because somebody was using it to prove their point and we didn't feel like that was a good use of the Bible, maybe we should never do that with the Bible. Maybe we should just commit to never doing that with the Bible. Or if somebody in your life used that 
in in ways to kind of like almost like a power play, right? Well, then we need to not do that. One of my one of my biggest frustrations right now, kind of with our Christian culture, is I'm seeing people that are moving away from a more conservative evangelical Christianity. Some of them are moving quite a ways on kind of the opposite side of that to a very progressive, uh, what I would call kind of I don't know liberal theology, I suppose. But what I'm seeing is I'm seeing some of the same tactics being used, right? So I'm seeing people using the Bible to prove their point. I'm seeing people to using the Bible uh, to make power plays. And it's like, well, we're just doing the same thing, you know, with a different title on it. But, you know, at the underlying part of it is exactly the same. So we have to be very careful to acknowledge, okay, that's what I didn't like about how reading and using the Bible was handled. So now I have to, to just simply to honor myself and to honor those around me, I have to commit to never using the Bible in that way. One of the ways, to, let me give you two ways that, that have helped me a lot with this. One of the things I got away from, and again, none of this is are things I'm telling you to do. I'm just telling you to what was helpful for me. When I was in evangelical circles, the Bible was all, always talked about as the word of God, right? And I hate that. I hate that the Bible's talked about as the word of God. Are they some words that were inspired by God? I would go with that. But to, when you say it's the word of God, it's like, okay, well, then those are all God's words in there. And, and <laughs> that's problematic to me, right? In my scope, in the way that I've chosen to kind of think of the Bible, you know, moving forward here is this is just the history of a lot of human beings trying to experience and engage with God or to explore faith. And they fail, they succeed, they struggle. Uh, you know, it's, it's just this beautiful story all about that. And so when I take the emphasis on it being like the absolute words of God in the Bible to a point of like, these are people just like me struggling through life, trying to on any level understand faith, then it means like a lot more to me. So that's one of the things that's really helpful. We've talked about this and I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but just getting over that idea that, you know, we were, many of us were taught that the Bible is without error. That's just simply not true. <laughs> it just isn't. Um, we could have a conversation all day about why that's not true, but it's not anybody outside of, a, you know, a staff or really devoted Christian people. Like if you were outside of that, if you weren't, if you weren't trying to prove a point by already having a foregone conclusion in your mind, you would never say that the Bible is without error because it's not. Um, so that helps me as well, because then I can read the Bible with a different light, um, which is, is really beautiful. And with those two things, it just is, it's, it's, it's helpful for me to re-engage in the Bible because suddenly I'm not trying to re-engage in the same way that I used to engage before. I'm actually approaching the Bible with a completely fresh lens and I can ask questions in ways that I couldn't before because I can ask questions you know, in, in the past, I always had to say, well, that's obviously true. So how do we, how do we get to the point where that's true? You know, like apologetics, right? Where you're like, okay, the foregone conclusion is that that is true. It doesn't seem true. It seems contradictory, but we have to figure out how to make it true, right? We have to, we have to explain ourselves into the truth here. I don't have to do that anymore. And so I can hear something. For example, I think Paul's arrogant. 
I just think he is. I think I would never hang out with, like if I was alive back then, I would have never hung out with Paul. Like we would have been like oil and water. Not, not that I'm not arrogant. I can be very arrogant, but he just rubs me the wrong way. And some of the things he says, I'm not so sure are right. I think they're, they're haughty and I think they're jerky and I think sometimes they're short-sighted and I think sometimes they're judgmental. And so before I was not allowed to like say any of that, whether I was feeling it or not, now I can read something that Paul read and I can be like, oh my gosh, what a jerk, right? <laughs> my wife, Susie, was the first person to like put me onto this. She's like, I just do not like Paul. I was like, amen. <laughs> Finally, somebody said it out loud, right? So it's a great way to, to engage. In, in new ways. And if we take this scope of like, hey, we are, um, if, if we take this idea and say that this is just a group of people trying to explore and experience their own faith, then it doesn't all have to be true. It doesn't all have to be right. But the, the beauty is, is seeing how they did that, right? So like a great example is we can look in the Old Testament in times when, you know, people of faith would say, well, God helped us win this war, okay, well, I don't have to necessarily say that, okay, God, you know, and because in some places in the Old Testament, it's like God told us to kill everybody, even the women and children, you rah, rah, right? And so in the past, I had to be at this place, if, if like that's the word of God and that's all true, I had to sit in there and I had oh, like, so how do I justify that? How do I justify this really angry God? How do I work through that? And I just struggled with it so much. Now, now I can rephrase that. I can say, okay, I can see they really felt like they needed to win that battle. They really felt as if God is on their side. So if they won the battle, then it would make sense that they believed that God was on their side, right? Whether he was or not, eh, whatever, we can debate. We won't know because we didn't live back there and we don't have this direct connect to God in a way that he's going to tell us about the past like that. At least I don't. Maybe you do, okay? So that's just a... that's. That's just some perspective in that space, okay? The other thing I want to say is before you open that book, and this is actually something I used to do when I was in the evangelical spaces and I was on church staffs and things like that. Man, before you open it, set your intentions. Set your intentions for why you are opening it because if you, like me, have a, have a uh, love-hate relationship with the Bible, you might read something in there that just, makes you shut it real fast or you might read something that, that triggers you a little bit um, you might read something in there that makes you angry because it reminds you of something somebody said or some way they use that so just keep that in the back of your mind before you you know just before you open it just spend some time maybe take a few quiet moments and just sit there with it and just say okay what is my hope when I open this beautiful book that's filled with stories about people experiencing this faith that I also am experiencing. What is my hope when I open it? And I think if we set our intentions, then our eyes will be focused in on that. It's that age old thing, right? You decide that you want to buy a certain kind of car and you see it everywhere. So if you set your intentions of, I am opening this, my hope is that it's going to bring me some peace because I'm really struggling today. Then you open that Bible, I bet you'll find some peace there. I'm gonna open this Bible. I'm really tired. I'm really worn out on life. I'm gonna open this Bible and I bet when you open it, there's gonna be something that brings you some strength in there. 
it's not overly supernatural, but it's not under supernatural as well. Like if God is in everything and God is in the details and divinity is all around us, then yeah, that's supernatural and beautiful and miraculous. And it's also normal because that's just our normal life, right? And so again, before you open that up, just set your intentions, decide why you're going to do that. Take a few moments of meditation before you open it and then, and then, you know, go in there and find what you're looking for. It's a beautiful thing because if you're looking for it, I think you'll find it. Uh, especially, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I'll probably always shy away from the old Testament a little bit because it, you know, it, it, it does. It makes me angry so often. Uh, so for me, if I'm going to open the Bible and set some intentions, most of the time I stick to, to, you know, reading about Jesus. Uh, some of the times I read about the kind of the new Testament church. And sometimes I read what Paul wrote, even though, like I said, the guy makes me angry a lot as well. Uh, but every once in a while I'll jump to the old Testament. I'm not afraid of it. I just know that sometimes I find more, uh, What's the best way to say it? Sometimes the New Testament just feels a lot lighter to me. <laughs> I think that's probably pretty universally true. So that's that's uh, that's just a great maybe rule of thumb. I do that in a lot of ways. I mean, setting your intentions is just a good rule of thumb no matter where you're at in life. When I'm really in a good space in life, like I don't put my feet on the floor without setting my intentions for the day. Like before, if I'm in a good spot recording a podcast, like I set intentions for that podcast. I'm not just winging it out here. Uh, I've, I've got some plans of where I want to go, you know, even in parenting or relationships or with your spouse, like we just need to, it's, it's so important to set our intentions because when our intentions are set to a place where we commit to something, it, I mean, the result will speak for itself. The last thing, and again, my story, so you can take it or leave it. The last thing that I do around reading the Bible is for so long, I was so focused on the details. And again, part of those details were because I wanted to prove every bit of the Bible to be true because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And so I'd get so caught up in the tiniest little details of the story that sometimes I'd find myself like missing the whole thing, like a grand adventure and missing the point, right? And so I would suggest, especially again, remember we're, we're dipping our toes back in that water. We're not, we're not cannonballing all the way in. You can work out the details later if you want to. But for me, what I like to do is when I open up the Bible, my goal is actually to step back, kind of get a, a view from above, if you will, so that I'm reading it with the idea of like, what is the overall thing I'm getting out of what I'm reading? Not like, oh my gosh, what was that? Why was that word used? Or, oh, did Jesus really mean that? Why would Paul say that? Like, don't get caught up. Is that really where that place was? Do you think they really, do you think the guy was really blind? You know, where you get caught up in the details like that? Just like, stop getting caught up in the details. Let's just back up. Let's hover over the top of it for a little bit and then just ask ourselves the question, not whether the details are true, not whether the details are right, but what, what can I learn from what I'm reading? What is like the overarching principle that I can get out of these passages that I just read? And I don't, you know, yeah, context is good. Context is important, but I'm even saying step back from that a little bit and just try to, you know, when Jesus says that, What's the, what was he trying to get across? What's the big picture that he's trying to say there? Not that, not the tiny little details of what, what he means in these parables in these tiniest little ways, but just like, what's the overall lesson that he's trying to teach? And I think that's really helpful. Um, 
I'll just bring this up because I think it's interesting. The reason I like to to look at the Bible that way is because I'm finding there's definitely a group of people and and yes, like let's all explore our faith the way that we we really feel that we should. So I'm not coming against anybody, but I I struggled so much with uh, kind of that inerrancy of the Bible thing, kind of that that really focusing in on the details of Scripture idea. That was a real struggle for me. And then again, I see a lot of people who have kind of clawed their way out of evangelical Christianity for whatever reason. They all, you know, we all have our own reasons, right? And they got to the other side of it and they took the exact approach. You know, I referenced this early in the podcast. They took the exact approach with the Bible for other reasons. Let me take one great example, I think. I think it's a great example. You can agree or disagree. Uh, The example of you know, the LGBTQIA plus crew. So there, you know, a lot of we've all heard those sermons where people use the Bible to claim that that's a sin. Fine. You know, it's been happening for so long at this point. Now there's a group of people and there's been several books written by wonderful people, wonderful authors who are affirming, and many of them even are gay themselves or in the LGBTQ plus community themselves. And what they've done is they've taken that same Bible and they've tried to prove that those verses don't say what people have been saying they're saying. So they take a different theological bent to the six passages about homosexuality in the Bible, and they try to show that actually we got the details wrong. I don't know. I, you know, both sides seem like a little bit of a stretch to me. I'm not going to lie. Like both sides don't feel quite true and authentic to me, but I'm not a theologian. So don't, you know, you don't have to take my word for anything here, but here's how I take it. I, this is stepping back. Okay. I step back. I look at like the, what we, we get to understand is like, I don't know. Can we say God has a character? I don't know. But the, the general feeling of, who this God is, who this divinity is to us. And and especially we can look at the life of Jesus and we can say, okay, what is Jesus? Let's, let's just take that for, let's just take Jesus. What does Jesus stand for? And when we see what Jesus stands for, there's no doubt about it that Jesus, you know, and I'm not even talking about homosexuality here. Jesus was like inclusive about everything. Like everybody's in, like join the party, right? That's, that's at least the, the scope of Jesus that I get. That's how I view him. And, um, and so I don't get caught up in the details of what the Bible does or doesn't say about homosexuality. I get caught up in the big picture that Jesus is for all. And because Jesus is for all, that includes people who are gay or includes people who are not straight or includes people who are born in a different body than they feel like they really are. Like it seems absurd to me that we would think anything otherwise, again, simply based on stepping back and looking at the way Jesus operated his life and what he seemed to be trying to get across. You can disagree with me all day long. I'm totally comfortable with that because people do that all the time and it's just fine. Also, you know, I can look at this and it gives me great freedom. Again, I'm I'm circling back to Paul here, okay? Again, talking about Paul. So instead of me wanting to see an affirming Christianity moving forward and trying to prove that Paul was actually affirming, I can actually step back and say, hey, you know what? I totally think Paul was against gay people. I totally think Paul thought being gay was a sin. Because I do. (laughs) I totally do. That doesn't mean he's right. 
doesn't mean he's right. I actually think that's what Paul believed. And I think Paul believed incorrectly because he, like all of us, was influenced by his culture, was influenced by his religion. Again, he was Jewish. Uh, and so, yeah, I think Paul was totally against gay people, but I don't think, I don't think that means anything. I don't think that means Jesus was against gay people. I don't think that means God is against gay people. I don't think gay people should be on the outside of anything. <laughs> so you can take that and apply it to so many different areas. All right. I'm getting a little long winded here. I get a little bit chatty when we talk about these things. So I'm going to back off here and say, Hey, just do it with me. Okay. I'm, I'm doing this. Okay. I'm dipping my toes back in. We're doing this together. I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing. So we're dipping our toes back in together as you dip your toes back in, or maybe you've stayed immersed. Great. Good for you. Whatever your ex experience has been or whatever your experience is, would you mind just telling me about it? Because we can learn so much from one another. So reach out to me on social media or just send me an email. I've got a new email. It's just hello at mattkinzera.com. I'll link it up in the show notes. So send me a message, send me a note. Let's, because if you have something that you think would be beautiful to add to this, I'm happy to throw it in the podcast next week and say, hey, so-and-so from such-and-such -such had this great perspective. I thought maybe everybody'd want to know. So as you're dipping your toes back into the pool of the scriptures and of the Bible, feel free to reach out and just let me know how you're doing that and how it's going, okay? You know, some of us might dip our toes in and, take them right back out. That's okay. That's okay. We're not doing this for any other reason than just seeing if it's helpful in our spiritual journey moving forward. Again, so great to be with you. You can find me on social media, of course, Instagram and Facebook at Matt Kinzer. On Facebook, there's also Chasing Goodness. If you're interested, I showed you that, or I let you listen to the clip from Scott Jenkins with The Celtic Way. Head over to check out his latest podcast. It just came out today and hear a little bit more. He's talking about some classes he's teaching, but he's got a lot of great nuggets in there, so make sure you check that out. And again, go to the website, mattkinzera.com, and grab that free seven-day devotion called Finding Faith. Again, just head to the homepage and it's right at the top. And until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together.